home for the NBA Finals, World Series, and College Football's National Championship. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. KFNC and KFNC HD2 Mont Bellevue, Houston. Brought to you by Zadok Jewelers. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back where we got to do what we got to do. That's Josh Jordan. He drops you all the best fantasy information. He keeps me on my toes. He gives me prop bets that I don't even know about. And he gave you Jalen Hurts as a little fantasy sleeper with a little bit of value. And I agree as well. Now that I think of it, this is Moneyline 713-780-3776. And the man behind the glass with the jams is one Aaron Raybould, which I love to have with us every single Sunday morning that he is with us. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. Again, everyone chiming in on how bad you got Clarence. He he pulled out his gun. He said, who's talking about the Saints over here? They're not as bad as the Texans. I mean, that's... Well, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, a bold statement, but... Man, I think there's trouble. There's trouble over there. Let's go to running backs. We talked yep. about quarterbacks. We talked about tiers. Everyone that we didn't name the boroughs of the world. and all, Those are all guys on this lower tiers. Those are guys that if you get into that ninth, 10th, 11th round, one of them falls in your lap, you start looking. If you got the double dip and you got Jamar Chase and you can get up on Burrow, maybe go then double dip, whatever the case is. But those guys I'll have more grouped as one. No, Correct? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Brady, Rogers, Stafford, Burrow – and even Trevor Lawrence kind of gets in that group as well. Um, one of the guys that is pretty high at number eight is Ryan Tannehill. So I think that's kind of interesting that now he's he's above Brady and Rodgers and all those guys. You know, when you think of Ryan Tannehill, you wouldn't think, hey, I want him over Aaron Rodgers. But he's been very efficient. So he's somebody to look at. As far as running back, you were talking about the Saints a little bit. What, what do we think about Alvin Kamara with – you know, Michael Thomas is going to miss some time. We know the quarterback situation's a little up in the air. Could we see some more loaded boxes against Alvin Kamara this year? I think that's what we're going to see. I mean, how much trust? A lot goes down. You saw Kamara's numbers with Hill in. He was terrible. Yep. I'm, I'm going to use the word terrible. Some would say, well, no, it's Kamara. No, go look at the numbers. He was a completely different guy. He just doesn't play well. He doesn't catch as many balls. We would give out prop bets on Kamara every on a on a weekend basis and being like, man, they got him at nine catches. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Like, How do you even bet a running back? <laughs> How to am get... I taking the over yeah. on nine? You think you're being slick? <laughs> nine. Like, yeah, you think you're being slick though, right? You're like, man, yep. Kamara's gonna catch at least six balls this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go see my prop bet. And then they got him set at nine. Like, there's nothing sneaky about it. Nope. Go look at his stats though. When Hill was in, it was terrible. It just he he wasn't able. I mean, don't get me wrong. Now they got an off season. Maybe. The the spacing wasn't there. Whatever the case was, he just didn't excel in that position. So for him having Winston in, that's a big plus for Camaro owners. I agree. He's definitely going to take some pressure off. You know what's interesting with Hill is we talk about this with running backs. Typically when they have a quarterback that they share the backfield with that can run, it helps your running back, right? Because the threat of the quarterback taking off and running can open up lanes for your running back. But the catch is, a lot of the quarterbacks that are mobile, they don't check down to their running backs as much. When they get in a little bit of heat, they just take off with their legs instead of checking the ball down. So keep in mind, yes, your running back will benefit from a mobile quarterback as far as rushing yards, but often he 
he will lose fantasy points in the passing game because the quarterback will just scramble and take off instead of checking the ball down. So sometimes that can be kind of a wash. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I think it's going to be Taysom Hill, but I don't know. I think Sean Payton's not even sure. We were talking during the break. I don't even know if he knows which quarterback he's going to use. One thing I know, though, Taysom Hill's four starts. I'm going to give you the exact number that I teased. Camara receiving line, two and a half receptions for 13 yards a game, zero touchdowns. Two and a half receptions. We're talking about a guy that his number set at nine when Breeze was in. Yes. 13 yards per game, zero times did he get in the end zone. That's complete. That's not a guy that you can even draft in the first five, six, seven, eight rounds. If somebody said right now Taysom Hill is going to be the starter for week one, that means they're at least going to give him four or five weeks. Say they're doing bad, then they're like, all right, let's go back to Winston. Mm-hmm. So if Taysom Hill was announced tomorrow, let's say, whenever the case is this week, how would you feel about Kamara? Would you move him down as far as the draft boards for guys out there, for gals out there right now, for money lines, uh, money liners out there listening, saying, "Man, I don't draft till after Labor Day. Like I draft, you know, that the six, I draft that seventh or, or, or eighth or whatever it is, right there in one of those days. What do I do if they announce Hill? What would you do? For me, I think Sean Payton's a good enough play caller to where he saw what happened there in not using Kamara when Taysom Hill was in the game. So I think they're going to make an effort to to design more passes to Kamara to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Who else are they going to get the ball to, Jerry? You know, Michael Thomas is going to miss maybe the first third of the season. So, I mean, there's just not a lot of other guys. I mean, this, this offense has to run through Kamara. What else are they going to do? Well, you say it has to run through Kamara. I think it has to run through somebody. How many looks does Kamara get a game being built the way he is going back to college? He wasn't a guy that ever touched it over hardly 15 times a game. He was just a guy that it was explosive when he did touch it. Where do you have Latavius Murray? Because many have him in that RB 40 to 49 rate, somewhere around there, around the Madisons or Pollards of the world. Whenever you go to get Murray, that's who you have available. Is he somebody you go to get as a handcuff, or is he somebody you go to take him just so the person that has Kamara has to make, you know, has to feel a little pressure? How do you feel about that? Look, for me, he is a hand. I see him as a handcuff, and he's been great when he's gotten his opportunities when Kamara's been banged up or you know, whatever the case is, but there's rumors that he might be on the bubble, that he may not make the team, which is shocking to me. Shocking. I mean, I, I, I'm like, what? But, I mean, that, that's the way it is this year. So kind of be careful with Murray. Pay, pay attention to, you know, this last week or so of the preseason and, you know, make sure that he's going to end up making the roster. But for me, it, it's a no-brainer. I think he's a great, you know, mix with Kamara, you know, kind of the thunder and lightning kind of thing. So for me, whenever I've had Kamara... I always take Latavius Murray if I can later in the draft. This is Moneyline. You're listening to 713-783-776. We give you the most in-depth NFL breakdowns. We're going all around the league. I don't have time to talk about what what Watson is going to do tonight. I just don't have time for that. I have time to keep hitting these running backs in that division. Let's go to the Falcons. And if you had Mike Davis last year, he might have won your league. He was a league winner. Every year you go to league winner, right, and you say – Man, who was that guy that season that I didn't even expect to have on my year? Some would say it's uh, James Robinson on some people's team, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just you got lucky, maybe off the waiver wire, he ended up busting open. Maybe somebody uh, got injured, Christian McCaffrey. Then all of a sudden you had him. Now he parlayed his success, two year, five and a half million dollar contract. He's on the Falcons. Nobody there in front of him. How do you feel about Mike Davis? 
he's one of those guys, if I need a running back in the middle rounds, I kind of hold my nose and draft him. Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah it's a little stinky. You know, like, like I'm doing it. You I, eating chitlins too? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, if I'm taking him because I need a running back and he's the starter, but I don't feel great about it. When you draft him, you, you say his name backwards. Davis. Yeah. Mike. Mike. So they don't even figure it out. That's how you're not proud of it. You're not proud of it at all. But to your point, you know, we were talking about handcuffs in Camara. If you handcuffed Davis last year with McCaffrey, you might have still made the playoffs. Even though you lost McCaffrey, him getting hurt, Davis was he was very serviceable in his absence. So it's important with these top tier running backs, try and grab that handcuff. And last year it was more it was bigger than ever to get the handcuffs, right? Because of COVID, we would we were worried that guys weren't gonna play, so you better have his backup. I I think this year it's still gonna be the case. At least a lot more people are vaccinated. You don't have to worry about it as much, but Man, handcuffs make a big difference in fantasy. Let me ask you. Some people prefer to just take the most upside any running back at the end of a draft. Some people like to handcuff you know, their top guys. Where do you – do you like to go for just random upside? Or you know, would you be a guy that you're going to take that back up? I think it kind of connects to the type of person you are. You, know, you have that sneaky person yeah. that towards the end they just – they're, they're handcuffing everyone. Yes. You're like, bro, what are you doing over here? You, you're just getting all backup running backs? You don't even have a tight end yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're, you're looking at him. You're looking at his roster. You're like, you don't even have a tight end, and you have three running backs that are their direct backups. You're a hater. Yeah, and, and that guy, he's probably going to drop some of those guys within the first couple weeks of the Every season. Every single time. Yeah, and then you're not on the computer when it happens, and then all of a sudden someone else came up on it, and, and, and that idiot just set back everything. Yep. It happens every time, but... If you can happen to if you happen to get lucky, man, like that one year where Zeke was holding out the first, or he 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 was out the first few games, and then people were stacking Paul, and then mm-hmm. it was it was a bunch of blocking. It was like as soon as Zeke was drafted because he didn't go so so high, and then all of a sudden somebody grabbed Pollard, and it was just it was just chaos. Which backfields do you get that in though? Because we're okay for the for, for example, and we're going to touch that division, but like the Chubbs, for example, Nick Chubbs. And then all of a sudden you come on with Kareem Hunt. Is that a true handcuff or is that a man? It's it's any given day. You saw Kareem Hunt on any given day on the passing downs. He would catch yeah. one and take it to the house. So is it a true handcuff? Because with Mike Davis, for example, we're going to go through that division just to not get off. His handcuff would be Cordero Patterson. Like I can't believe he's even alive. Yeah, I. <laughs> and he switched positions. Somehow he started playing running back with the Bears, uh, and and now he's over there. It, it depends on the handcuff, right? Some of these guys, like, is there really a true uh, McCaffrey handcuff this year? I, I don't see that, that guy getting drafted a lot. You know, Dalvin Cook, we always, you know, would take his, you know, he always seems to get hurt. So Dalvin Cook seems like a guy, you get Madison and handcuff him. He's a guy that you want to handcuff. Kamara, I, I think, I think with your point with Elliot. Like Pollard is like a must-have, I think, if you're an Elliott owner. And some people are going to overdraft him before, yeah. because what they've seen. All right, let's go sticking in the division, the Panthers. You talked about McCaffrey. What do we do with that situation? Because we always talked about how much of the offense he sees. He has he he, he has the most share of any offense of, of, a, of any running back. That's He gets the ball. That's what they do. They use him to move down the field no matter what predicament they're in. But then you saw that he's always been a smaller guy, and you always wondered, man, how long can he run the ball like this? Well, he got hurt. That's when Mike Davis made his name. But they, this time they get fourth-round pick Chuba Hubbard, a guy that is built big. Do you draft him at any point later on in the draft, that very last pick saying, if, you're, if you got McCaffrey, do you get him if you have your, your defense, you have 
your kicker? Do you say, you know what, let me get Hubbard just in case, just in case? I mean, he's not – if you look at the running back rankings, he's like like the last guy. I mean, they have 60 running backs on this list I'm looking at. He's 59th. So is that good? Yeah, it just it makes you worry that you know these fantasy analysts that break all this stuff down. They're not a hundred percent sure that if something happened to McCaffrey, that Hubbard would be getting all those touches. You know, that's the risk you run, right? Are they going to use them the same way, or is it going to be kind of a backfield where it's a committee where they use two or three guys? And let's close out the division with none other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team returning all of their starters. Something you hardly ever see. The last time you saw it. It was the Seattle Seahawks that could have won that Super Bowl with an, if they didn't make the mistake against the Patriots. Yep. That when you return that many starters, you're set up for success. Now to the backfield of Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, they add Gio Bernard. Just to make it even worse. Let's right? call him a, a baby James White. If mm-hmm. you remember that name, whenever Brady and the Patriots had success in the playoffs and you would see James White catching one out of the backfield and, and galloping. <laughs> Like the wind, like Josh says. He was, he was running like the wind into the, into the end zone. Well, now he gets a, a Gio Bernard, which is, I think, a better ball runner. I mean, he might not be a better catcher. Gio, he's actually a true running back at one point, too. He had to run the ball at one point. What does this do for that backfield? Is it just more – obviously, it hurts Leonard Fournette. Yes, and we, have, we can't not mention Gio Bernard's really sweet standalone mustache that he's rocking these days. Looking good, Jerry. I like that. <laughs> He's got a Magnum PI thing going on. But I think it's uh, Geo might be the most valuable running back in that backfield because he's getting drafted last. And by all accounts, I think he's going to get most of the catches. I do too. And that's big whenever you're yeah. in a Brady offense. You know he's going to look for the advantages. That's what he keys in on. And he's going to get the ball. He's, yeah. uh, there's nowhere other around it. And he's a third-down specialist. They're going to use him then. I, I think they will too. But that makes – you know. You know, Ronald Jones, who I took in maybe the second to last round of our draft, I don't feel great about him. I don't know what his role is going to be in Fournette's back, like you talked about. I don't. I think this is going to be a messy backfield. I'm, I'm kind of staying away from the Tampa guys. 45 minutes left in the show. Chelsea's up 2-0. And your barbecue pit, I can smell it. It's cooking. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Well, hello. To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Disappointed by your HR and payroll technology? Maybe you need to outsource your administration. Go to hrp.net to learn more. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Big ups to everyone hanging out on Twitch. We love you all. Suspect 713 is checking in. Total Dallas is hanging out. TD Pookie. Hey, Pookie says, anyone who drafts Will Fuller, I'm not listening to. (laughs) And at our draft, that was the saying. Once it got down to a few uh, rounds went by, and you started seeing Will Fuller. Yep. You started seeing the David Johnsons of the world. And then you started looking around the room, and you started pointing at people and saying, which one of you yep. Which one of you is it going to be? Who's taking the text? And then I saw Philip so- Lindsay. I saw yeah. somebody get Fuller, and they didn't say nothing. He was talking the entire time, my man Steven. And then all of a sudden, he drafted him. He got quiet. He's and I looked, and I'm like, "Who? Will Fuller, Steven, you, you sinner, you!" I look over, and he's he's acting like he's looking the other way. You do you you do it with, I guess your, 
I don't know. What's... You, you hold your nose, like we talked about with Mike Davis. You're last ashamed. Segment. I'm you're, trying to find are. the word, though. Like On other ones, you hold your nose, but you're hoping for the best, like it tastes good. But in Will Fuller, David Johnson, you're ashamed. <laughs> like the, I was trying to find the word. Ashamed is what it is. You're ashamed. You said, you know what? I guess I'll take them. <laughs> As you should be. Yeah, those Texans were just dangling there forever on the draft board, just sitting because everybody sees them. They're at the very top of the list. And everybody's passing on him. Those guys just, they sat there forever. Brandon Cooks, I think, is maybe the one Texan you can take, and maybe he'll he'll come through for you this year. So I don't blame anybody for that. But, yeah, Philip Lindsay went. The way I'm looking at this Texans backfield, though, I don't know if any of these guys will be able to be usable because it's going to be a committee. I think Ingram's going to get a lot of touches. Lindsay is. You know, David Johnson's going to get the passing downs work. So I don't know if you can start really any of those guys with confidence. Maybe in a non-PPR, you know, if you start somebody like Ingram and you're just hoping that he, you know, falls in the end zone, you know, he, he might be serviceable that way. But in PPR, I don't know how you use any of these guys. Committee is a word that you'll hear when talking about running back groups. Committee might be going down in Chicago as far as the quarterbacks, though, because Matt Nagy comes out and says Andy Dalton will be the starter week one. Starter number one, Jerry. Come on. <sighs> What do we say about this? Is is he just is he forcing the issue because this is the way it started? He used the uh, phrase. He said Dalton was promised the week one starting gig. Promised. What does the word promised mean in professional sports? I, I don't think it holds that much ground. Promised. I mean, I, I guess they're going to do it. But to be fair, you saw Justin Fields take a massive hit in that game. You saw that, right? A week after saying that the game was slow. It was slow, and he got crushed. So, you know, maybe Fields does need a little more time to, you know, learn how to keep himself from getting lit up on the field. Maybe he needs a little more time to, to get used to the speed of the NFL. Maybe he spoke a little too soon. Aaron, what are you doing as a coach? If you know that the ultimate goal is to, I guess, fit in Justin Fields at one point or another, do you just go ahead and start it off the season with Fields, or do you say, man, let's let's ease in on this and let's go with the the red rifle? See, there's too many. There, there's so many factors at play. Like, am I am I specifically Matt Nagy at this point? Because we all know Matt Matt Nagy is coaching for his life yeah. right now. Yeah, like literally, he has to put something great on the field, or he has to go home to his wife one day with a box in his hands and go, well, we're leaving Chicago because mm-hmm. God only knows nobody wants to stay here willfully. So if I'm him right now, I I want to play Fields. I feel I would feel a tiny bit guilty after watching him get his head taken off yes. by the Bills defense. <laughs> by the Bills, what was that second string illegal string defense? Hit. Uh, I would feel a little bit guilty running him out there, knowing, hey man, he's going to get destroyed a couple of times. But at the same time, I got to watch out for me. I'm not watching out for. The next coach to come in and is, oh, Justin Fields going to be healthy or is he getting beaten up all year? Well, if he gets beaten up all year, that means I'm trying to keep my job. So I think I'm still running him out there. And you know what? Growing pains are growing pains. You got to get through it because guess what? Your play affects how I how I actually do my job. You know who who, who also affects his job? Mitch Trubisky going out there and dropping 221 on him. Money Mitch against yeah. his whole team goes out there, throws a touchdown. That's just a, that's just a more of a spit in the face. Now, my question is this. With Nagy... In particular, does his success in holding out the rookie quarterback like he had in 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 the Chiefs in Kansas City, he made Mahomes sit, Alex Smith, the same situation. That ended up working out. Do you think that's somewhere in the back of his head like, man, 
Now, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton this year is like Alex Smith was that with that year because Alex Smith, he was still serviceable. He was good. I think he won double-digit games the, the year before that. The staff played anything because Nagy was on that coaching staff, and they specifically did it like that. They had Alex Smith knowing Mahomes was going to be the guy. They got rid of Smith, dealt him off. Here comes Mahomes. Is that the way he's playing it in his head, saying, man, I'm going to do it the same way? I think you might be onto something there. But what's interesting is Alex Smith wasn't getting booed before the season even started when he was on the field. I mean, they're booing Andy Dalton. He hadn't even taken a snap for them in the regular season. And the fa- So anytime Andy Dalton does anything poor, the fans are going to be screaming for Justin Fields to come in the game, whereas that wasn't the case in, in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like Alex Smith was at least keeping him competitive, getting him into the playoffs, stuff like that. So I think the fans were cool with, you know, let, let's let this guy learn. But in Chicago, I mean, they're already booing Andy Dalton, and he hadn't even lost him a game yet. You know, not a real game. No matter how good his hair looks, yeah. they're still booing him. They're still booing him. I mean, that's a big deal, man. And, you know, Ken Hoffman wrote an article for us uh, on SportsMapHouston.com. Go check it out. It was a good article. And his point was about why Deshaun needs to not even be around the Texans is as soon as Tyrod Taylor starts throwing some interceptions, are Texans fans going to be like, put Deshaun in? He's on the team. What, what the hell are we doing? You know, he's like, can we really have a situation where Texans fans are screaming for Deshaun because Tyrod's not playing well? He's like, it's a circus. They got to get him out of here. But what are they? They can't trade him. I, I don't know what they do. So I, I'm guessing Deshaun just, he won't even be in uniform. I'm guessing. I don't think he'll be active because you don't want that. You don't want Texans fans looking at Deshaun Watson on the sideline right there and his shoulder pads just watching the game. And you're watching Tyrod go out there eating popcorn. eating popcorn and Tyrod, if he doesn't play well, Texans fans are going to be screaming for Deshaun. So it's a tricky situation. And and the Bears are in that. I mean, they, like it or not, they're going to hear it all year. They want to see fields. They want to see upside. I haven't even thought about that scenario. Is Watson going to be on the sideline with right? no helmet on? I That's, know. We know we saw Jack Easter be on the sideline last oh, night. Fist I saw like a play. A mother. He hit somebody on the shoulder pad. I said that was – he. He, he was blessing players as they came off the field. He was putting holy water in the Gatorade bottles. Squirting people. Yeah. <laughs> You've been blessed. You've been blessed. In the name of Easterby. Everybody was praying on the side. I was like, what is he doing out there? And then a few, a few people in the media defended it. Yeah, most teams got that. I'm like, yeah, but this is Jack Easterby. Like, let's get him out of there. And, and at the least thing, I, I need don't give him no TV time. Like, that's the last thing you want to see. True, it was behind Cully. And all of a sudden, but I, I saw... I felt the devil. <laughs> yeah, man, it's oh, man with Easterby. It's such a you, you just you're out of sight, out of mind. But when you see him on the sideline, it reminds you again, like, oh man, Easterby's out here fist bumping everybody. And come on, am I the only one who was surprised that he wasn't up in the suite with Cal and they had a, a diet coke with two straws and they were <laughs> sipping out of each out of it together? Lady, like in that's the where I expect him to be. You know, you go, you go sit and you you. Feed nachos to Cal because, God forbid, you know, he needs help. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what do you, you want? Share a soda. Spaghetti. And- one, like a bowl? No, just one spaghetti so we can meet in the middle. That's yeah. the kind of. Approach Lady in the Tramp with Easterby and Cal. I just, again, man, I don't want to see him on the sideline now that you say about Deshaun. Imagine that. Imagine that sideline if they're both out there on a game, you know, in a game that, let's say the Jacksonville's up two touchdowns and the fans are pissed. Yep. The few that kept their season tickets because I see everybody's getting rid of them. I mean, people are offering, I'll change your oil if you take these in. I'll give them under price. You're thinking, damn, 
okay. You know, like you babysit your kids. Yeah. And you know, I don't even have kids. What's plan B? They have a plan B, plan C. Like the people are desperate. Uh, season ticket holder, 713-780-3776. If you need to get rid of them, show us your desperation because I'm seeing under face value in capital letters. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, uh, you know, we'll do favors in in italics. <laughs> like, Not Deshaun type favors. <laughs> pow, pow. Again, I'll pay for your Uber to get there because yeah, I know you're going to have to be drunk. So I'll give you the tickets and I'll pay for your Uber. And I'll buy you a bottle of booze. Yeah. <laughs> get so, drunk on me, but you have to watch the tickets. And this gift card to Massage Envy. <laughs> you're like, what? Deshaun's like, huh? What? <laughs> Deshaun gets in his Uber. Hey, drop me off of uh, Massage Envy yeah. right here around the corner. What do you do as an Uber? You're like, uncomfortable. I know what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. 713-780-3776. Chelsea's looking good at halftime. Josh is getting you some uh, handcuff situations. We're going to get to the rest of uh, this running back field. Uh, what, what do you want to do, the, the the Texans division? Yeah, we'll do that division. We should uh, break down our, our draft. We'll, it, you know, We used to do a segment called Mock My Mock on this show every year where I do mock drafts drafting from different spots, and then I just kind of you know let you know some of the options you have on the board. So Jerry and I, instead of it being a mock, this was a real draft, and we both drafted in the same area. You drafted ninth, I drafted 10th. So we can kind of go through it and give our strategy of, of why we picked who we picked. Yeah, and before we go to break, Suspect713 says this is a strategy. He's going to call out all the season ticket holders that want to talk smack. Or they aren't going to games, and they're going to be there with tickets, and they're only going to renew on the back end and sell for face value. Smack talk has been talked, right? It's been laid down. Yep. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. This is Hyvee Trophy winner and college football Hall of Fame, Mike Rozier. And you're listening to ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Ravens win 19 straight preseason wins. We gave you two weeks ago before the preseason started. We told you one thing, one trend that's been sticking over and over year after year is that Harbaugh cares. After the game yesterday, he knew about the record that they broke. And he said, you're going to tell me that anyone has something to do, has something to say about winning. I don't care on what level it is. I don't care if you're playing something with your kids. It's all about winning. He said, no one is ever going to knock you for winning. How do you feel about that, man? I feel like a like a jerk because I I gave everyone the stat and I didn't even bet them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when you told it to me, I was like, "That's a great point. I need a bet on." And I didn't do it either. I feel like an idiot, dummy right? Too. Like, you do you ever look yeah. at something you are like, "Idiot"? How did I? Free- I'm the one that told you guys. Yeah, that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even bet it. But no, that's man. two years in a row. Remember last year with the Tampa Bay. Yes, that's right. It's some, I told everybody, this is what I'm doing. I gave the money to my friend Bradley. He's in Vegas. And, and I didn't bet the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers to win the, with to the win Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. And they won the Super Bowl. And this is preseason. Like, yes. I, I, I told Josh, man, am I out of control to tell this bet? It's going to pay me about 65 grand. I'm going to throw all six grand of this down. He was like, man, I think they can. Yeah, I liked it. And Idiot. But that's so tough, right? I mean, you know, before the season, but it is, you want to trust yourself, you know, your gut instincts, but sometimes, you know, your mind gets in the way and you doubt yourself a little bit. 
you know, we talked about our fantasy draft last segment. We teased this a little bit. Jerry and I did a, a draft at Revelry with, with a bunch of listeners to Moneyline. We had an awesome time on Friday. Uh, Wheelhouse was out there, you know, a live, live show. So we drafted this league. It was a 10-team league. It's PPR, so everybody knows. And what I found was very interesting. Jerry, like I said, drafted at 9. I drafted at 10. Saquon Barkley fell. I think that's kind of one of the stories of the draft. He was there for you at pick number nine, and you still decided, nah, I'm not taking Saquon here. Um, why do we think Saquon fell? Is it just the the injury stuff? He's He's been banged up. He's still not playing in preseason games yet. Is, is that what caused him to fall, or is it more than that? Is it people don't believe in this Giants offense? Uh, why do you think he fell, and why did you pass at nine? You knew he was good value there, but you were still like, no, there's some guys I like better. Why would you pass on Saquon? couple of things i'd just taken a shot of something okay so i wasn't quite thinking clearly now that you the way you just made it sound i feel like i made a mistake well, well i mean we'll see right i had my eyes on one austin eckler though yeah that's my that's my story and i'm sticking to it okay once i saw that i was on the back end it was a 10 team draft i was ninth josh was 10th um i was like you know what i'm i need an all-around back i want austin eckler i just i think that with the predicament that he's in, the situation, Herbert's going to take that big step forward this year. They got a new coaching staff. I just think that he's going to, bar an injury, I believe Austin Eckler is a is a sure top, you know, five score for running backs with in, in PPR. Yes, this season. And if I'm getting them in the back end of that first round, I believe that's a decent pick. We always use this phrase: you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose your season in the first round because you need that first round pick to at least do something. Don't get me wrong. There's teams that sometimes get an injury and you still end up winning your, your running back gets hurt and you somehow still found a waiver wire gym and you're, and you win. That's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't always work that way. You need that first round pick to, he doesn't necessarily have to over exceed expectations, but he has to at least meet them. Yes. No, you're totally right. And I like Eckler too, a whole lot. I think, Man, like you said, as long as he's on the field, he is going to put up some serious points. He, now he's got a really good quarterback. So I like him. So you took Eckler with your first pick, and then it went to my two picks at the swing pick right there. And then I decided, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take Barkley. He fell all the way to me at 10. So I took him, and I also took Aaron Jones. So I went running back, running back right there. And then you took Nick Chubb, right? I believe that was your second pick. One of the few running backs in the league that you could say he's a he's a workhorse running back, although yep. he does have to split time with Kareem Hunt. But yep. with Chubb, you know that you get a lot of touchdowns. You get a lot of running between the tackles, those four or five-yard gains. And every once in a while, he'll bust one. Yes. That's what you get. He's great. I mean, his you know yards per carry, he's fantastic. You know, the only knock on Chubb is in a PPR, you know, is he going to catch enough passes? But as far as a pure running back, he might be one of the most talented ones in the league. So well, let me ask you this. Would you, if if Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones were there for you, do you like Chubb better than those guys or would you have taken one of those guys? I like Chubb better. You like Chubb better. I think after getting paid, they know that they need to go with him. Kareem Hunt was a, was a gift. You remember, he was yeah. coming off that suspension. Yep. Not remember many teams wanted to take a chance on him. They got him like, remember when they got him, you thought, man, they got lucky. Kareem Hunt was coming off a big year. He was. That that trouble he got in, and all of a sudden. What, Kicking what? women in the face, yeah, that we'll, probably wasn't a good idea. We'll give him a chance. Allegedly. The dog pounds like, we'll give him a chance. What do we got to lose? Yep. Well, ended up panning out, but they didn't also know that they were going to have a Nick Chubb type. They didn't know that that was going to bust out like that. 
And here we are talking to him. Like I said, one of the true work horse guys, one of the guys that you say, man, if you needed him to be in there three uh, three downs, he's going to be in there. A guy that only was, what, played 11 full regular season games. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's interesting as far as we went running back heavy. This is a draft where you start three wide receivers and a flex. And both of us decided to go running back, running back. And I think a lot of you guys listening that are, are drafting a team, you might get put in that spot where, man, I got to start three receivers. Can I go running back, running back, and still feel good at receiver? Before you move out of running backs, let's get to Saquon, the Saquon question from Chris, because that'll, again, give you, a, I guess, a view of what goes down towards the back end of the first round. What's going on, Chris? Your money line. Hey, guys. How's it going today? Pretty good, man. Ready for the football season. How about yourself? Mandy, I can't be more excited for the season. You know, we don't have that COVID issue, so it's time to go. But I was wanting to help up my guy who took a shot right before he drafted about passing on Saquon Barkley to make you feel a little bit better. Uh, the Giants have the worst offensive line in the National Football League. Saquon's coming off of an injury. Uh, this is a PPR league. He doesn't catch a lot of balls coming out of the backfield. And also, uh, Jason Garrett, he's the offensive coordinator there. We know how much trash Jason Garrett is as a coordinator. So, I would definitely have passed on Saquon number nine for you there. I feel much better. You feel better about My it? vision has cleared. I can see clearly now. Uh, I, I felt the same way, honestly. A little bit of all those things come to mind every time that that you think of Barkley. You think just I start hearing clapping, the clapper. You just start hearing clapping. That's what you hear. You think of a team that was last in plays, explosive plays. That means plays of 20-plus yards downfield, a team that doesn't do much, a team that can be keyed on, a team that got Kenny Galladay all of a sudden, and he's having tissue, you know, soft tissue uh, ordeal already going on with his injury. What happens if he goes out? What what happens if we don't see that next step in one Daniel Jones? What happens if that doesn't come this year? You can key in on him, and everyone was setting eight-man boxes. Let's, let, let, Barkley's going to have to beat us. You were, that's what... Happens with a lot of these guys that are good runners on bad teams, the McCaffreys. If you go look at the yards after contact, that you see, man, what happened to Josh Jacobs last season? That was your boy. Remember, he came out hard. Yeah. And then he slowly declined because he's getting hit behind the line. For him to get a three-yard, four-yard gain, he has to he has to make a six, seven-yard play because he's getting hit behind the, 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 behind the line of scrimmage. That's just the way it is, and that's what you're getting here. Barkley, can he take a step forward because – when he came in, he was a top three pick. Remember, it was, man, who am I going to take first in the draft this year? He was in the talk of getting chosen top pick. He he had a combined over 2,000 scrimmage yards in 2018, and he also had 15 touchdowns. So 15. 15. And, you know, our, our caller that, that just called in a second ago, he talked about catching the ball. Barkley caught 91 passes that year, 91. And then the following year, 52. So what's interesting is – is with when when he plays with Daniel Jones, Barkley averages about 600 receiving yards a year. That's that's huge. Daniel Jones is a checkdown artist. Though. He that's, is. He always. It's like that's his first read. He knows Barkley's there. He he looks at his receiver for a second. Nah, drop it. That's what you see a lot. If you see a lot of those, it was a the the, the average target of debt. It's all behind the line of scrimmage. It's never really. You don't see Barkley set a block kind of and then break out and then you don't see those. You see those right in the flats. Just let it yep. go. Just let it go. And that's great for PPR. So that's the reason I. I like Barkley's potential is in the passing game. I, if he can get you 600 receiving yards and then he rushes for, say he just rushes for 1,100 yards, but he has 600 receiving yards and somewhere around 10 touchdowns, 
then, then you're pretty happy with Saquon Barkley as your starting running back. Where I will agree with our caller is I just worry about the injuries with this guy. You know, it, he, he has so much potential, and you know their offensive line is not great. They are in, they're trying to improve it, so maybe it'll be better this year. So our caller was right about that. I believe Chris was his name. So those are my big concerns for Saquon there. What about, just quickly, what about Aaron Jones? Do we, you know, he got his money. He just got paid. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's got Randall Cobb back. He's got Aaron Jones. You know, Dylan maybe takes a step in the offense. That's what I'm scared of. Gets more touches. But I feel in a PPR, I feel like they're going to throw the ball to Aaron Jones. And the last dance is they're calling it. Yeah. This is his last dance on the team that's, that's got heavy production. We don't know what it's going to be when Adams and he supposedly he's going to stay or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't know what it's going to be when Rodgers is gone. We don't know what that off. This is could be the last answer. But when you say Dylan, that's a big boy. When you think about yeah. Dylan, you remember remember they they brought out his quad muscles. Remember it, it looked fake. It looked like yeah. It looked like he looks like he's got DK Metcalf's quad muscles. If you could build a superhero, it would be DK Metcalf's upper body. Yep. Dylan down. AJ Dylan down. And, and Saquon's got those giant legs too. So, I mean, these guys are talented. Real quickly before we hit break, just to put a bow on this, when you go running back, running back to start your draft, sometimes you're not super happy with your receivers. So, looking at Jerry's team, he started off the draft with Austin Eckler and then he took Nick Chubb. And now it's a three receiver league, and you ended up with CD Lamb, Mike Evans, and Cortland Sutton. I feel like that's pretty good. Are you happy with your receivers? Yeah, considering once the shot wore off, and then I realized it was a three-wide receiver league, and I'm already two running backs, and I, I, I said, <laughs> I got to shake this shot off. And I looked, and I, I saw C.D. Lamb. Yeah. And I said, man, Lamb Chops play along, that's my name this year. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> it. Lamb Chops play along, it, it just made too much sense. And then I backdoored with Mike Evans. Yeah. So these are two guys that I, I think that could be double-digit touchdown guys. Mike Evans, if he stays healthy. CeeDee Lamb, this is the year he breaks open. Regardless if, 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 if Hard Knocks wasn't around or not, I'd still be big on CeeDee Lamb. I believe this is the year that he breaks himself uh, away from the pact of those uh, Cowboy receivers. You're seeing him get drafted in front of Amari Cooper in a lot of drafts. So that, that a lot of people see a breakout happening. Well, guys, we got about one more segment left in the show. Jerry, what, what do we want to hit on the other side? here we got one more segment for the people let's tease it we're gonna give you that next espn 97.5 and espn 92.5 real fun sports you're listening to money line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Football is back. And at the Steelers fight, uh, game, there was a fight to, to, to solidify that, to tell you, yeah, football's back. I want to ask you this, man, because f- football fights, they're not rare. They're going to happen. Uh, it's a normal thing. But as of late... And 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 our our women listeners, our female money liners out there, if you want to say something about this, seven one three seven zero three seven seven six. I, I gotta hear your thought because argument breaks out. One guy's arguing to the other guy. Here comes his his wife, girlfriend, whatever, significant other. She gets in the middle and she starts talking. That's throwing that's throwing fuel on the fire. Before you know it, her man catches a. I would say a two, three piece, but I think it was unlimited. It was unlimited pieces, no biscuits. Uh, eventually, 
he's he's dazed. He he gets put to basically sleep. He's just out of it. The girls over here are, and it's like months back during the pandemic. At some point, we saw that video of that girl. Uh, it was a girl that uh, I don't know what happened at her work, but she calls her man up and to go to her work to defend her, and he gets his ass whooped. At which point do we come to a a point where we mean we men out there like we can't be getting himself in, in this ruckus, women. You know it's about to go down. If you got, if you tell your man, "Hey, this dude did this," it's on. You know what's coming. And I just saw that last night. I said, "Poor dude," because you look at it and, and you could tell in his head he never wanted any part of that fight. He's sitting down, and the other guy's talking mess, doing this number to him. He's still sitting down. His wife stands up in the middle, like, "Nah." She puts his hand. She puts her hands on the other guy. The other guy kind of. He he swings on her first, kind of like, oh no, you're not, and then he just starts mailing. Like I say, he it was unlimited pieces, uh, no biscuits, no drinks, just just nothing but punches to the head. This is something we're seeing a lot more. Like I said, the other girl, she called her. First off, man, if your wife calls you, hey, these guys are messing with whatever she tells you, you get pissed off. You're in the car, you're driving up there, you don't even know what you're getting yourself into. Like who's on the other side? Mm-hmm. You know. Who's who's Sammy from sales? All of a sudden you pull up, you're like, Sammy, I ain't never met a, a tough Sammy. You pull up, Sammy's big as hell. And Sammy got about four other boys that don't care about losing their job that day. Sammy whooped the hell out that guy on that video. His wife's just sitting there like, or his girl. It's like, man, especially if it's not your wife. If it's your wife, you got to go to war. But if it's your girlfriend, what do you do? You're like, hey, calm down. Step back for a little bit. I was thinking about breaking up with you anyway. Yeah, you're like, come on, you're making us look bad. And you notice, uh, you know, that big Rams fight that happened last week? That was that woman that threw that full soda. The lady that killed yeah, Selena. That's what's, that was her. That was, then that started the whole brawl was her throwing that soda on that dude. If she doesn't throw that, it was almost, I'm not going to say it was tamed down, but the guy was turned and he was talking like, it, it looked like there were maybe a few seconds from somebody grabbing his arm saying, man, let's get out of here. Yeah. As soon as that as soon as that soda hit him, he wasn't looking. He he came around with the with yeah. the punch that he was trying to end a life. You know, mm-hmm. he came around. He hit all the buttons on the controller with that special move. He tried to pull, and again, it just all could be avoided. I guess my point being is, with everything that's going on with these fights, sometimes it ends up not even being the people that fight aren't even the ones that start the thing. They just somehow find yourself in the middle of it. And I found yeah. myself in the middle of the, of many of these damn arguments. And and sometimes you find yourself like, why did I even get in that? Like it had nothing to do with me. No, and you know what my mind went to is that large soda in L.A. It was full. What was that? A twenty-five dollars soda she threw on that guy. You know what I mean? Like L.A. If you buy a beer, they're like twelve bucks. And she killed Selena. Yeah. I think she's still on on <laughs> thin ice. As soon as I saw, I said, "Who let her out of jail?" Damn. Again, man. And I know we're going to see a lot of these fights coming up. Another one. Just why is it that we see a lot of team on team crime? Like. Yeah, like it's your own team now. Before you would go to the stadium and and it would be that one that one jersey, that two jerseys that sticks out like a sore thumb. You're, the whole time, every touchdown, you're looking at them. Yeah, you're like touchdown, you're like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you go to the restroom, you kind of turn back and look touchdown. Yeah. Oh, what's the score? You know, you just. But now all of a sudden, you're getting into it with your own peeps. What do you expect? It's it's L.A. fan, Dodger fans fighting each other in the stadium. How does that start though? Put yeah. in Mills. Yeah, the Taylor fan. No Taylor. <laughs> It's crazy, but look, it's L.A., man. We saw it when the Astros went out there. Dodger fans, there weren't enough Astros fans in the stands, so they started fighting each other. And We saw it at the Rams game, a big fight. It's something about L.A., man. 
Will Watson, Backer, the guy that's still in his corner right now, defending him? They're out there. Oh, he's out there yeah. right now. He's out there yeah, right now. Easterby set this dude up. The Texans did this to him. It's all they paid these girls to lie. They are people that believe that with every ounce of their being. Will he be at the stadium defending Watson if Watson's on the sideline causing fights? Will he be? <laughs> you when you see a Watson jersey nowadays. It's weird, right? Because everyone wears was wearing Watson. It seems obviously COVID. You're seeing less people, whatever the case. In some instances, I'm still seeing the same amount out eating, drinking, whatever it is. When you see a Watson jersey now, does it run across your mind? Like, do they know, or like, are they still back? And I'm like, it, you start asking yourself, you start questioning, like, do they know what do I they know? watch the news? Yeah, or like, if you see a kid with it, you're like, do the does the mom know? You know, like it's stupid, but that's where we're at right now. You have now. to go up to him and be like, I don't know if you heard, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you even break the yeah. news? No, it, it's so funny. You go up and just start massaging him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need a shoulder massage. He's looking at you like, if you don't get your hands off mm-hmm. me. But if you're out there listening, next time you see a Watson jersey, and then they look at you, and then you know that they know. They, oh, yeah. they do it like bucking their chest. Like, yeah, that's a four jersey. Authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, what? When do the uh, Watson jersey stop? Like, say he gets traded. You still see Shab, you see yeah. Andre Johnson jerseys. What do you do with guy that has Watson jersey two years in the, like down the line after he gets traded? You're like, you have a problem. You do. I I wonder if they were already discounting all the Watson jerseys at Academy. You know, like I remember when Andre Johnson left, you they, watch, they discounted. You them walk all. into the massage parlor and it's the employee uniform. Everyone's got <laughs> Watson jerseys. You're like, hey, I'm at home. Hey, welcome back. I am at the wrong massage parlor if everybody's rocking a Watson jersey. Yeah, like, yeah good game. Uh, cool, man. Uh, again, it's just we shouldn't be talking about this in the first place, man. Look how far we've come with the Watson scenario to now where I t- every time I see a Watson jersey, I give him the look like I give him the side eye. The side eye. Yeah. He'll either look at me with, with, with pride like, yeah, it's a Watson, or they look at me like, why? Are you, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. I I think you're going to see a lot of Deshaun jerseys. You know, it is it is what it is. I mean, we, guys in sports get into trouble off the field. That happens quite a bit. I bet you still see a bunch of Roethlisberger jerseys and nobody even thinks the second thing about it. You know, Big Ben jerseys are probably everywhere. I bet half of those fans don't even remember all the stuff with You know ben. who I was thinking the other day that nobody mentions that got a pass from all the things? Mike Tyson. Like, yeah, you think yeah. about Mike Tyson, think about it. He, he, he was thrown in jail for rape. Yes. And you think about that now, you think about the greatest, and, and yeah, that's all. You, like, think, you think about the hangover, and you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So think about the big change that happened with Mike and as to all these other players. But us for now, we got to get out of here. Like every single Sunday, we want to say thank you so much. We love you all. Nothing's going to change here with us. We're going to keep bringing you the hardest, the best, the most deep. I guess let's call it investigations because that's what we do with sports lines. We investigate. And right now, my 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 scoreboard says it's 2-0 Chelsea, and that's going to cash a ticket. So I'm signing off for the crew just like that. That's Josh Jordan. That's Aaron Raybould. And I'm just Jerry Bonos with an S. Peace. ESPN 97.5. 